Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of You Never Studied here, coming at you live on location in Cyprus, Texas, as I share with my brother, Dale, who is right here. Hey, brother. (laughs) Thanks for that. Dale is standing in for Evan this week, and we are glad for that. We are recording a podcast episode at the same house where we recorded our first last podcast episode for our Pastor and Plea podcast that we did together. And I tell you what, that was a great podcast. And whenever you come on on and it's you and me, because you've recorded with Evan, Mm -hmm. and I have to say, I listened to your Snyder Cut podcast podcast it yeah. was long i listened to the whole th- having never seen the snyder cut i still listened have you still not seen it having still never seen it um i did that and you were gracious enough to stand in uh-huh. and so for those of you listening this is my brother dale dale is the younger better googer male of our generation have i ever told you what our theater teacher said to me about that i don't agree with that statement mr cottom yeah that was kind of you to say Mr. Cotton, one time when I was in theater, which I'm um, 10 years younger than our older sister, five years younger than Hans, but we all went through school and had some of the same teachers in the mm-hmm. town hall school district. Yeah. Mr. Cotton said uh, when I was in West Side Story, he said, hey, uh, you, I just want you to know you're my favorite Googer child. Uh, he said, but don't tell Shana. And then he paused again and he said, but tell Hans. <laughs> <laughs> I am sure he said that because he and I were not... We weren't bros, mm-hmm. if I were just to put it like that. And so, yeah, I would just I would leave it at that. Evan, Dale, you listen to this podcast, so you know who our sponsor is, which is? Playbackyardgames.com. That's right, playbackyardgames.com, giving us that wonderful website, youneverstudy.com, and making it all work for those of you who have never gone to playbackyardgames.com, cotdom, uh, then, yeah, go to, don't go to cotdom. I don't know yeah. what that would be, <laughs> but you can go to .com. And I want... To just say, along with Dale, thanking for him, uh, thanking him for being a part of this. This is the conversation I want to have today. Now, usually, you know, we have Evan and I have these, you know, segments like that, you know? or you know, we like to hit the books, and uh, we're we're not going to do that. We're not going to have a study break. There's just we're not going to do those things because you're in an interesting spot, sure. As as a brother, my brother, and a churchman, mm-hmm. and a worker. So first, I want you, for those who don't know you, which I would guess is some contingent of this, can you please tell us both, uh, just tell us about your family and just where you are vocationally right now. Sure. I am um, father, husband, four children. How long have you been married? I've been married, um, in in two weeks I'll have been married 11 years. Okay. And uh, four kids, nine, eight, five, and almost three. And I work, um, uh, my job is a little bit amorphous, but, uh, and it sounds more exciting. Uh, it, it is exciting. It's also a lot of headaches, but it's, is it's, it more exciting than it sounds or sounds more exciting than it is? Uh, it, it sounds more exciting than it is. Okay. But, um, it's, uh, I work, I'm a, I'm a live event producer, which is to say I am, um, a person that you come to when you, you're a corporation or you're a person or you're trying to do something and you're saying, I'd like to do a concert or I'd like to do a main keynote session. I'd like to do something like this. I'm the guy that says, okay, I'll help you build your budgets and I'll help source all the people and all the equipment and everything to do it. And then I'll help you produce it and, um, work for a company doing that. And, uh, what's the biggest budgeted event you have done? Uh, I'm working on one right now that will, that will probably land the main portion of it will probably land somewhere around 
I don't know, uh, north of a million dollars, and we'll we'll pick up. And that's just for pulling the show, like the technical side of the show off, or is that everything? That's the technical side of the yeah, show. Yeah, so like that's, that's not, not that's the not spe- appearance that's fees not, or no, anything no, like no, no, that. No. Yeah. Um, so a million dollars for you to, you know, I guess for, yeah, when you go to a, what will we say? Like if you go to a concert or you go to a showcase or you go yeah. to a whatever, you're going to a conference uh-huh. and there are booths and there's there are speakers yeah. and there are rooms and there are lights and there's yeah. everything. What has been the coolest thing that uh, you have done? My favorite one every year is, is Comic Palooza. Okay. Um, yeah, that's right. That was last weekend, actually. We just did that. It was my fourth time doing it. It would have been my fifth, except uh, coronavirus year kind of canceled everything. But it was a fun one. Uh, this last year, we had some good guests. We Who'd had, you meet? Uh, I never meet anybody. I try to stay out of the way. Who the, did you take a grainy, zoomed-in picture of? Well, I, I, have, I don't need grainy, zoomed-in pictures because I have full uh, you know, HD camera photos. Yeah, but they're not on your phones. But um, uh, I was close to Ron Perlman. Um, okay. Uh, I was uh, approximately close to Carl Weathers and Danny Trejo, and um, my favorite though he's not the biggest name, but because I'm a big Cobra Kai fan, uh, Martin Cove, who plays John Kreese from the Karate Kid series and mm-hmm. also the Cobra Kai series. Yeah, um, he was there. He was awesome, and so that's that's a fun one. That's a that's that's one that's just a lot of flash, and and it's it's a little bit lower key because you're not dealing with big corporate bigwigs that just want things their way. So, uh, if you anybody listening has ever listened or watched a movie that includes a performance or some type of like, there's a concert at the thing, yeah. and you see the person with the headset on. It's like now we need this, now we need that. Hey, there's a show going on. Is that you? Uh, more or less. I know that guy. That's not usually me. Okay. Now, Does I, that guy report to you? I can fill that role. I would. I would. I would spec out that position. So that okay. would be me hiring and selling a, a stage manager or show director. I would put that on a position, I, and and Comic Clues has a, a stage manager position that I hire out. So, so they don't bring their own. They don't say, "Hey, this is our person." They actually they do, but we just we step in to assist too with the, mostly the technical side of things. So, um, but they have a lot of volunteers that come help the show. So I'm sorry. I just love when I learn about people's jobs, even if yeah. I already sort of know them. So you have four kids. You've been married eleven, going on eleven years. Uh-huh. You live here in Cypress, Texas, by a creek. I do. You flooded. I did. Well, sorry about that. There was, if you heard the noise in the background, we had to pause the recording for a second and just find it. We're on Dale's back patio, and so you might hear there might be bugs or things that you hear, and there was this kind Ambient of sounds of growing nature. noise, and we just paused it. It might happen again, but anyways, Holy you, Spirit, <laughs> you are welcome here. So you do all of that. You yeah. make it work, and you have been at this for a while. You actually weathered COVID. Yeah. And that was good. Uh-huh. And so now you're back at it. Shows are starting to show up again. So now things are feeling good. That's the that's the professional side of your life. Mm-hmm. And you also have the really want to do ministry side of your life. In mm-hmm. fact, missionary work was one of the first things you wanted to pursue, right? Yeah, that was the kind of the uh, conceit of our podcast, Pastor and Plea, which was mm-hmm. that you... At, at, for a large part of your life, didn't think you'd end up in vocational ministry. Still and, don't. And did, yeah. And I, for a long part of my life, thought that I would end up in vocational ministry and didn't. And so we have you now. You, uh-huh. did, you didn't end up there, but you still love your church. You're at Redeemer mm-hmm. Tomball. In fact, when Kevin was on my church podcast, the mm-hmm. Genesis Daily podcast I do, I had him on there, and he was talking about praying for their elder candidates. And I was like, well, I'm not for one of them. Yeah. And you, you go to Redeemer and Tomball. And you've I gone do. there as long as you've lived here? Yeah. Yeah. So about 10 years. So you've gone there a long time, and they have brought you in mm-hmm. 
to a, an elder assessment process, right? Correct. Okay, so you are now a part of this process, and unless they d- dig up some dirt on you or I say some things, mm-hmm. it looks like you're, you know, you're moving in a direction that would have you be installed as an elder sometime in the future of this year. The trajectory looks accurate, yes. Yes, so some sometime I just don't want I don't want to speak in in assured in an assured tone because oh, me neither. people might find out something they don't like or you might do something they don't like. Yeah. So on one side you have the I'm working mm-hmm. and you're in a job that is demanding. Sure. Like you said you've been at the office like two weeks straight. Yes, this this Saturday will be the end of a of a I don't know twenty day run twenty day run up at the George R Brown yeah. doing your thing. So you've had that you have a, a demanding job, but also you have a family that 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 needs to eat and four kids is a lot. Mm-hmm. And so you have that you want to provide for them. You want to work hard and work under the Lord, and then you also have this constant pull of I want to be in ministry and serve more fully. And so you're going through this process at Redeemer. And I just, I want to know how you, because I've only ever been on the paid side of it, mm-hmm. you know, the paid churchman side. I'm a professional Christian. I know it really well. How do you, I guess, what would be, what's, what's, what has given you the desire to step into a role that's going to be, I'm going to say, it's going to be harder to navigate when you also have this albatross of a job? Sure. Uh, it's a great question, and probably somewhere in the answer is foolishness. That's probably some one part of the uh, equation. But um, it was so the elders at Redeemer approached and and asked is the is the main part of it. They said, "Would you consider this?" Um, it would be uh, all the external things are true. It would be an honor to do. Um, serving the Lord is always an honor, and um, a chance to grow and a chance to try and propel myself into some new position of service or new position of. Um, um, stewardship uh, is is something to consider, and it's a weighty something to consider. Uh, you asked me the other day what um, what compels me to do it too. Is also I love the team of guys doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, really, if you wanted me to just draw, I know this isn't always true, but if you wanted me to just draw a circle around some of the the people I'm most compatible with, and that we can that we can get along really well in the church, it's the other elders at the church and other elder candidates. So you're kind of monolithic as a team. Got it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, no, we just there's there's a lot of fellowship there, and so um, it seems like a worthy calling. And there's a little bit that's kind of you know you approach it with abandon, and you say, I'd rather um, approach this calling and try and make the job work, than make the job work and spend a lot of time in my life and look back and say, what of purpose did I do? Now, do you not think, uh, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you two questions here, do you not think that maybe that short uh, or, or, or does a disservice to the actual vocation that you have? Do you, do you think there's like, hey, I'm going to, I'm, I'm like, God gave you uh, mm-hmm. gifts and no, you're not on the mission field, but you are where you are. Sure. You're around people who need Jesus. Mm-hmm. You, you are like, like, why not run as hard as you can toward that? Because I, I'm not talking, I'm not talking from a, a qualification side. Yeah. I'm talking from, I think it's really hard to be an elder who's not on staff at a church mm-hmm. and be in your thirties. Really hard. Yeah. So, so what makes that worth it to you? Because I, I, I've said that to guys at our church, or I've said to our elders, I'm like, man, it's just I, we have some great guys, but if you're trying to make life work and your mm-hmm. family's small and there's a pastoral demand on you, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, what makes you want to like, you know, puff up your chest in a good way yeah. and say, oh, I'll do it? 
Um, well, I've always joked, too, that part of it is just a friendly rivalry. I just want to achieve the same biblical status as you, but with way less schooling. There you go, man. So you want to be able to, it's the yeah. aha. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, Take uh, that. I'm oh, a pastor of my church, too. Oh, listen, I don't have a PhD. Yeah, and I, I only have a BA. Yeah, in theater arts from Texas A&M. Look <laughs> that's where that right. got me. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's a joke. I have made that joke a lot in private, though. It is a good um, joke. Yeah, I, and I would appreciate I, I like that joke. And just so for, for the record, I think you out-earn me and uh, out-everything me. Outshine well, me in every way. I don't think that's true. Out earn me, out care you, me, out love me, out serve me. Pro. Uh, so, so we're not. You have more male children than I do. We're <laughs> barely yeah. just hanging on. Yeah, I. We're not on a level playing field. You are. You far exceed me, and I. And so I'm not even worried about that. I just think you're crazy for pursuing something that's going to eat your lunch. I think that I think there's definitely a lot of false mo- or false modesty there or maybe real modesty. I think you're good at what you do. But um uh I for me you're right. So now if I um if I went full uh brother Lawrence practicing the presence of God um it would be a which is to say finding your calling in the Lord whatever you do. Right. Um and and um Yeah, why isn't that good enough? Well, that is so that that is good. Enough. Um, <laughs> that is that is good in a way, but here's the thing. So I am called to the local church, regardless, sure, right? I'm, absolutely. I'm not called to eldership in the local church, but I'm called yeah, to, to the local be church. a part of a local church. Now, now the way that that's manifested itself, just in skill set, that's on the worship team, drumming most, it up most Sundays. Um, that is, uh, uh, my wife and I help lead the orphan care ministry at our church. Thank you, and the McMins appreciate that. Shout out to the McMins who adopted yeah. their yeah, I know. I foster that. son awesome. this week. That was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and this is just how. For those of you who don't know who they were talking about, that's fine. Just listen in. But I was texting with him this week, and uh-huh. I was like, "Hey, when does that happen?" He's like, "It happened on Monday." And I was yeah. like, "You got to be kidding yeah. me, man!" Like, "Hey, bro, I know that you don't really like you don't get up for much and get like, and you don't want to draw attention to yourself, but let let me know." Yeah, it's uh, there. I think you know them better than I do. They're they're kind of low key in that way. They're kind of flying under the radar for a lot of things. Always they're like, "Oh yeah, we adopted yeah. five kids this week." Yeah, yeah. But uh, so we lead the orphan care they ministry for our five. church. Correct. Um, we help, uh, and my wife takes on most of the logistical load of that. I help lead the meetings and pray for people. Um, and uh, and so what what does what does this mean for me? Um, it means stepping out a, and 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 just naturally to when you're kind of in a leadership role in the church, even if it's an untitled leadership role, uh, you end up helping with other things too. You just volunteer to help with certain things. Yeah. And so um, eldership in this realm seems like a natural progression um, as in that it's really they're saying we want to we want to kind of give you the title of a lot of the ways that you're serving currently and helping currently yeah um, and you know um, we'll probably add some counseling to that and, and things like that too um, and here's here's the thing now this this is not necessarily a, a detriment to my work and what I do um, you know but uh, that I have found a lot of life givingness, even in the counseling and in the um, just discussion of the things of God with people, that was harder to realize um, before this process. I don't know anything about what you mean by what you just said. Okay. So let me elaborate. Let me elaborate. Talk to me like I'm a third grader. <laughs> so um, it is 100% true 
that um, you can honor the Lord in your work so long as you're doing a work that doesn't just require you to sin as part of the job. You know, like it's, um, you know, I couldn't be, a, I couldn't be a, a porn producer for the Lord. Right. Um, but that's, that said, um, that's not my you job. You had to go there. Sorry, but yeah. that's not my job. Now, you know, it's sometimes it's job adjacent to me. There's, you know, there's lots of stuff, lots of people do events. Um, but, uh, um, I've never been in that position, but, but even still you can honor the Lord in what you do. Um, but it's not likely that in most of your position that even in a normal secular world, one, that you'll be able to speak quite as freely as you'd like. And two, um, that you're going to find people of like mind, particularly in my career, uh, that want to hear you on that level. And, um, Again, that's that's not always true, and there have there have been great spiritual conversations. There's there've been great um, uh, um, there's been fruit there, but then I come over to the church side, right, where I'm where I'm asked like, hey, this this couple is struggling, and um, I I'm not called to that almost out of uh, that to me doesn't feel like a compulsion or, uh, or sorry that I don't, I don't feel like I'm externally compelled to do that. I feel like I'm internally compelled to do that. When I know somebody from the church, the body that I see all the time is in trouble. I want to help them more than I want to try and spur up. What if I'm in trouble? Just let me know. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, well, you you're actually, you're at Genesis. I probably can't. Do you want to, yeah, I know there's a, there's a non-compete yeah. That you haven't got. That's that's later in the training, yeah, yeah. where uh, elders can't help other elders. It's just kind of a thing. Okay, before we get on, go on to my next topic. What I have yeah. for you uh, that's unrelated to being an elder. I want to ask you this: What has been the most eye-opening part of the process? And pretend no one else is listening. Oh gosh, like, I, like, I, I don't know if I can do that the same way that you can't do that. I have to pretend someone's listening. No, pretend nobody's listening. What have you? What have you been like? Oh my! No, has, has there been a moment where you're like, oh crap? Like, okay, okay, uh, let's do it, right? Like, you know, you just, it's like you step into the ring and you realize you're fighting uh, whoever, the Russian guy from Rocky. Well, I just, I think, I think part of it is just the, the burden of the church and caring for the, caring for the body of believers is always there. And I know that that's going to be something that anyone's going to say, like that's, that's the, a, a regular thing of pastoral ministry but it's just you look at a, a bunch of people, and from even from a pretty close distance, you have no clue what they're going through until you're the person that they have to talk to about it. And I'm not even there yet. You know, I'm still there's other guys at our church like Barry and Kevin who are going to get that call. I just saw them. Yeah, I gonna, called them. I said, "Does anybody call you Care Bear?" He goes, "No, I never gotten that." <laughs> people have called him Elderberry before, which sounds uh, like something something that you could eat. That's in that an essential oil. That's an essential oil. Is it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, we yeah. need to come up with essential oil names for everybody else. Yeah, Elder uh, Kevin. But uh, um, Chippendale. But I, I think, I think that's it. And also, just the this is always true. You know this. No, I don't. Okay, you, you're right. Um, you know this, but that there is just. Uh, I'll say here's where I've needed to grow in fortitude. Let's hear it. Thanks. Where I've needed to grow in fortitude is just the fact that uh, um, is my concern to be liked by people. Yeah, that's I, a big one. I can do that in my job successfully. Um, I can work in my job to be liked, and and uh, as long as I'm earning, and as long as I'm doing the work and bringing in money, what I say goes. Mostly, in church, that's not true. I can make all the right decisions. Um, I can pray about them. I can be faithful, and somebody's gonna get ticked off. 
like some somebody's going to say, nope, wrong decision. I mean, there were people there were people that left the church just because you know I was I was asked to be an elder, and that's okay. God bless them wherever they go. Because you were asked, they left the church. I mean, I don't. Okay, um, I left the church because of Dale. No, no, now, no not that. I, no, just um, you were the straw, though. Maybe. Well, it's just you know I'm young. I'm not. I'm I'm only thirty two years old, about to be thirty three. Yeah. So um, I'm not. I'm not increasing the average age of the elders. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's a you know thing I'm aware of. Sure. Uh, and I think you, you you probably don't know that this was the advice. I don't I don't know if you'll even remember saying this because I remember you were the lead pastor at a church or the lead teaching pastor. I don't know mm-hmm. what you were called sure. at your last church at a younger age, a younger age than I am now. Correct. Um, and that was also an older church than either Redeemer or Genesis. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. So you were the. Y- I was just on the phone on the phone with a guy from that church in your oh. driveway talking oh, cool. to one. Yeah, so, getting some advice. So, so you were a younger pastor of an older church. Correct. Than what both of what both of our dynamics are right now, right? And I remember you talking about um, one time where you I, you might have this might have been a conversation with somebody, but you said they were telling you, well, you know, you're younger, you just don't have the life experience that we have necessary to shepherd us, something along those lines. And um, I remember I think your retort to that was, that's true, uh, but you also don't have the life experience that I have right now, which is to say to be my age right now, this year, and to have lived the life I've lived up to this point. And I think we Did can I learn. say that? I think we can learn from each other. I, I might be putting... I think you're making... I think you dreamt this. No, I wouldn't no, have no. said that to somebody. You wouldn't have said that? No. You might have. No, I, I would have just cowered and gone, you're right. I should, <laughs> I I'm should. i going to resign so. now. I don't know where I would have gotten yeah, from. Yeah, I'm going to resign now. Well, I want to say this to you before I get to a question I want to ask, Yeah. which is... When Kevin asked me, what do you think about Dale being an elder? And he asked me that, I think, before he approached you about it. He's like, mm-hmm. what do you think about us pursuing Dale? My response was, Dale's my younger brother. Sure. I can't answer that. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, and it's not even, you're not even like, it's like um, Jacob and Esau, right? Like, I'm Esau, you're Jacob. So, <laughs> right? Like, it's not, it's not even. It doesn't end well for both of us. <laughs> um, it ended better for Jacob. That's true. Um, you know, but, but I would just say, I, I don't, I'm like, he's my younger brother, but he certainly is the better brother. Like, no. of the two Googers, he's the better one. But I still wouldn't put him on my elder team because, gosh darn it, he's my younger brother, which is actually yeah, something course. I was talking to Lawson about today. I was like, or, or yesterday, I don't remember which day. Uh, but I just, I was like, it would be so weird to be like pastoring my family. How are you going to navigate that? Right? Because it's like, Kevin's your cousin's husband, mm-hmm. and. Our sister and her family go there, sure. and your aunt and uncle. Like, sure. you legit have to you have to handle the reality that you might excommunicate your brother in law from your church. So, that that is within the realm of possibility, and that's not something I would be comfortable doing. I could not, with integrity, take on a role that might demand that I say to my my sister or my brother in law or whatever, "Please don't come here anymore." Now, uh-huh. I, I'm not saying it would get to that. Yeah, but it. You have to recognize it's, that you must go there. It's not impossible for no. your role in the church. Yeah. Um, well, I think goodness, that's that's um, that could always be a challenge. I think any time a process like that. Yeah, you're gonna gonna re- you're gonna step it's, out of the process now, aren't you? It's not. Well, no, no I've I'm, convinced you. 
It's uh, it, were it to come to something like that, I think it'd be the same thing that would. I mean, what would you, are you going to recuse, your, recuse yourself, and then way, and then Kevin's going to be like, "Well, I have to recuse myself too," and Lawson's going to be like, "Well, they're my community group leaders." Like everybody's no, no, going to no. recuse themselves except no, for Brad. I think, I think that's the point of the plurality, you know. <laughs> so we've got we've got six guys, and Kevin and I are by marriage related, um, due to his marriage to our cousin. So there there is a little bit of that family crossover, but at the same time. Doomsday scenario, you know, um, Shayna uh, makes a video uh, cussing people out and then saying she doesn't want anything to do with Jesus. There you now, go. Now what do we do? Goodness, I think uh, someone would address that with her that didn't have to be me. Um, I could address it to her, but at, at that point, if that line is crossed, I think y- you've got to trust the Holy Spirit in their lives, one, to convict them, and two, um, I don't necessarily need to be the one leading the charge for uh, uh, for their heads. But... Um, so, yeah, is it a realm and possibility? Sure. Is it a bridge that can be crossed in the future? I, as Brad Smith would say, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. All right. Well, with that in mind, I want to move on to the next topic I have for you, okay. which is, as we were talking on the phone earlier today, you said you had two injuries on the same night. Yeah. And I want to hear what those injuries were. Oh, that's just story time. Yeah. I yeah. just want to hear it. Yeah. Um. Go back in time, uh, maybe 15 years ago now, and I was with a group of my high school friends. I was um, on the—I had graduated high school, but I was in the summer. You graduated from high school. Graduated from high school. You're the writer here, man. Don't make me correct you. Sorry. I graduated the high school to a new to a new school (laughs) from the high school. Um, And uh, and I was out with some (laughs) some of my high school friends in the summer before I went to college, my freshman year at A. What the summer of '69? And uh, no, that was just the summer of 2007. Okay. And. and we were doing a thing that would be totally normal to do for high schoolers, which was drinking beer. No, I, I. It's actually a funny part of the story. I had to insist that I wasn't, and I still and I still don't. But uh, we were going to a graveyard at night. <laughs> Hold on, I even have I have sound effects for all of that. Yeah, so I'll yeah. say it again: graveyard at night. And um, but we were over on Old Egypt Lane, which is out. Um, well, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's, it's built a, it's up a, now. It's a sprawling road. Yeah. Now. When I was there, it was woods and a road with no shoulder. Yeah. And um, we were walking in the woods. I was wearing flip flops, and a car was coming. And so that was everybody get in the ditch. I was probably in a group of maybe about ten. Not drinking. Not drinking. No. Um, and have uh, you had to tell the elders this story? I don't know. I don't think I have. Well, help they're listening now because they yeah. need to know about well, yeah, when you were drinking. Let's dig back, and uh, and oh, I'll I'll get there. And I um and so we jump in the ditch. Here's the thing: uh, I was wearing flip flops, and it was night. The ditch was about six feet deep. We didn't quite realize that. And flip flops offer no arch support for my already flat feet. Were they like the Walmart? Yes, they yeah. were like, like, like two dollars and ninety nine. Let cents. the listener understand. Yeah. Dale has gigantic clown feet. Yes. Yeah, it's it. Well, most of the time, I like what size shoe do you wear? I wear a size thirteen, which isn't that big, but I yeah, do. but we're the same height. Yeah, and, and I'm an eleven, and I do have to get the squeakers removed most of the time because otherwise <laughs> people would know I was coming. Um, but I we jump in the ditch, and when we jump in the ditch, I feel a twinge near my ankle, like a snap. Um, but it's you know it's one of those you kind of keep hobbling up, and as I'm climbing out of the ditch, I feel it snap again, and I think, ouch. But I can still limp. Um, but I, I'm with our cousin Zach, and I go, Zach, I don't think I can make the graveyard trip anymore. Can you give me a ride home? 
And so he does. I just don't have a car. That's limp like. and snap. Yeah. Um, it's a and, dance move. Yeah. <laughs> and so he gives me a ride home, and uh, and I go. This is our house on Orion, and um, by the time we get home, I can't walk on it anymore. Like this is like a fifteen minute drive. So I go from being able to limp on it to. Um, I can't put any weight on it. Right. He has to help me upstairs to the bed. And it's probably midnight, and so I'm already of the mindset, like, I'm not going to let mom and dad know. I'm going to sleep it off, and then in the morning... Sleep it off. See, you were drinking. <laughs> in the morning, we will deal rise. with whatever we need to do. And um, and so then I try to sleep, but I wake up about an hour later and with my stomach really, really upset. And so I hop on one foot over to the nearest toilet, and start throwing up in the nearest toilet, which I know I'm not. I'm incriminating myself further if I'm, I'm not drinking. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but it'll all make sense. I was sleeping it off and throwing uh, up. And I uh, and, and so where we are so far. I go over the nearest toilet. I throw up, and at that point, I'm like, I should we should we should solve whatever this is. So I call mom on my cell phone from upstairs to her room downstairs <laughs> and say, I'm sorry to wake you. I think you need to take me to the hospital. And you'll know this for both of our parents. That is a thing like. Our parents will never, ever, ever get mad at us for something like that. Like, that is the moment you would ever tell mom, I need to go to the hospital, she would go, okay, and then get you in the car. Like, she wouldn't really ask questions or be like, well, what? No, it's late. She'd take you to the ER. And so we went to the ER, and um, they, uh, we waited in the ER for a bit, and my foot is ballooning to, the, to like, you know, funny sausage size. Um, you can't see my ankle anymore, and I can't extend it. And um, we go into the into the ER to the emergency room, and they we go see the doctor. They X-ray my foot, and they say, "Well, um, you we can see one of the reasons that you hurt your foot is because you fractured your tibia at the ankle." Okay. And they can see that they can see a, a, a stress fracture at the tibia and the ankle. That was the first snap when I fell into the ditch. The second snap when I fell into the ditch, they said, "You'll also notice that below your ankle you have two incision marks." where you were bit by a venomous snake, probably an, like a, an adolescent water moccasin or copperhead, but probably a water moccasin due to the fang marks on my <laughs> ankle. And, um, and so that was the vomiting. So um, on the same ankle that I broke my leg at the, at the end, I also got bit by a water moccasin. And so I got to get my foot put into a boot, and I also got um, hard antibiotics to take for the next few days. And then got to spend the first several weeks at college in a walking boot. And that's it. So you heard it here first. For those of you who are wondering about Dale, the elder candidate, I just want to say, Dale, thank you very much for being a part of this episode of You Never Studied. Anybody who wants to consider you as an elder, more power to them. But just going to see if you're paying attention. Way to go, man. Thanks a lot. Remember, you can like, share, subscribe. We love you. And maybe consider being an elder candidate one day <laughs> if you want. But maybe wait till you're 50 or 60. Because Thank then you. you won't. Well, you still might crash and burn. But either way, love you, Dale. Thanks. Yeah, man.